Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad Pobble. I put the last name back in. Do you see that? No, I forgot. Oh, okay. It's been so long. It, it has. Well, thank you for the clapping. That's I, I just always appreciate that. I know you do. The warmer weather, you clapping, it's turning out to be a great it, day. It, today is amazing. Last week, it was like negative five, and mm-hmm. right now it's 60. So I don't even know how we're both here, but this is dedication. That's this right. dedication. That's right. It's a beautiful day out there. Yeah. All right. So today we're here with Frank Ramos. Jr. He's actually the managing partner over at Clark Silverglade. Welcome, Frank. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here today. Um, We're going to dig into online marketing, which is obviously very relevant and very needed, but especially over this past year, I think it's just emerged more and more and more. Um, But before we start, I'd love to hear a little bit about you. Sure. Thanks so much. I am an attorney here at Clark Silverlake. been here since 98, graduated in oh, 97. Wow. And our practice is all litigation, commercial, employment products, uh, mostly on the defense side. And, uh, and I'm coming to you from my office, been here at our physical offices for about 20 some years. And uh, we've, our firm's been around for about 28 years or so. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So let me ask you a question. We wanted to talk marketing today. And I think when we have guests on the show, especially attorneys, like first and foremost, marketing isn't necessarily the thing they want to talk about, or they maybe even feel educated enough to talk about. So why do you want to talk about marketing? I think I think it's personally really amazing because I'm a marketing girl. And I think we all know it's kind of one of those areas that we can all do better in. There's so many opportunities. So why is this so near and dear to you? You know, I think due to COVID, we've all been grounded now. And so what we generally used to do in terms of going to conferences and seminars Mm -hmm. and going out for lunch and coffee, that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, And so we had to redefine how we're going to stay in touch and stay uh, sort of front of mind with our contacts and referral sources. And so online marketing is really filled that void. It was always there. And I think some lawyers were better at it than others. But I think as of last March, it's pretty much coming in a year now yeah. that we were in uh, in this lockdown. Uh, we had to really all kind of scramble and figure out, well, how are we going to keep getting cases in through the door if we're not getting on a plane and flying to Chicago or New York or mm-hmm. wherever we're going to be flying to? And so online platforms, particularly LinkedIn, really help fill that void and continues to fill that void. And even after we return to normal, whenever that may be, I think we've all become well-versed and accustomed to uh, online marketing. And I think that's going to be a mainstay. So really, you were talking about a lot of online marketing for yourself, you know, getting you personally out there and also the firm, correct? Absolutely. I think... We can contact and reach out to so many more people online and stay in front of them in so many ways by posting on a regular basis. And so it just makes it a lot easier to stay in touch with a larger group of people by, you know, posting daily, by sending out articles, by sharing links. It just, once you get accustomed, acclimated to it, it's actually very second nature and it's Mm -hmm. very productive way of communicating with others. 
Yeah. So let me ask you a question. I was thinking about this before Brad asked his question, but I think it will help set the stage a little bit too. Before the pandemic hit, how did you personally feel about your marketing efforts? You said, you know, it was a lot of events, in-person meetings, coffees, which was, you know, pretty standard in the industry. But now looking back, especially how far you guys have come at your firm, do you feel like you were lacking in the marketing area ahead of time? And do you feel like you've come just made milestones in your marketing for your firm and yourself? Yeah, I think we completely overlooked online marketing. I had been active on LinkedIn and some of us had been active on yeah. other various platforms, but it was more sort of when we had the time or we wanted mm-hmm. to do it. And I think in the last year or so, we were much more conscientious and strategic about how we approached it. Mm-hmm. And not only in terms of just posting, but also following up with people who would read and like our posts and comment on them and connecting with them online. And, you know, LinkedIn has a feature that you can speak with each other and communicate with one another by sending messages back and forth. Mm-hmm. And you can always take it offline by having Zoom calls or by having other ways of communicating. And so I, I think what we did this year is that we kind of put our foot on the accelerator and made more of a conscious effort to reach out to more people and to make more regular connections to the people we already knew and had relationships with. Yeah. So, and I know we're talking online today, but I'm just curious before this all started, are you guys, were you or are you, do you do print, traditional, any other marketing, radio ads? You know, we never have done that. We're a traditional defense firm. That type of work seems to work best for either plaintiffs, lawyers, or mm-hmm. people who are do family law or trust yeah. in the state's mm-hmm. work. Uh, generally, individuals or smaller companies seem to see that type of material. Uh, traditionally, it really has been through trade associations, going to events. Yeah, I miss those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are One those? So, yeah. What are those? Oh, what? <laughs> it's and lunches and, and, and yeah. coffees, yeah. yeah. And so... Um, and, and I think plaintiffs' lawyers and family law lawyers, I think, are much better at the online space than your traditional defense firm. I mean, for many of us, it was like, what is this? What's mm-hmm. LinkedIn? Certainly, what's Instagram? What's Facebook? What's Twitter? Yeah. Um, and so there's been a huge movement and a shift for people moving into that space. Um, and, uh, and I think it really had to be, you know, like with so many things in terms of technology, uh, COVID really forced a lot of lawyers to sort of turn the page and look at, you know, other opportunities and other approaches to the practice. Yeah. Did you, just curious, did you do any virtual trade shows this year or virtual conferences? I did. And I actually enjoyed them. I did a couple ones that were geared toward attorney marketing. I, I helped put one on for in-house counsel. Uh, I was actually a speaker at in-house counsel one. And I think those are here to stay. I think what we're going to find after we turn to being able to travel more and attend in-person events, I think hybrid events are become much more popular. And you'll probably see the overall attendance be larger, but the attendance mm-hmm. in person be smaller. Mm-hmm. And so an event that maybe used to garner 500 members may garner 800 members, but instead of 500 appearing in person, maybe 350 appear in person, the rest appear virtually. But you felt like you still learned and it was beneficial. Yeah, I, I, I think in terms of virtual events, if you can find ways to connect with the audience, you know, do surveys, do questions, have people uh, type in questions for the speakers, you know, kind of chat with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's different features and, you know, that breakout rooms and, and things like that. You just have to be very conscientious of keeping your guests and your hosts and everybody else sort of connected. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to stay focused 
virtually as long as you would be in person. And so you just kind of have to keep that in mind and have more breaks and have shorter sessions. Yeah. Going back to the firm, Frank, you know, you're a strong advocate towards, you know, getting your brand out there on, on online and the different platforms. When you were introducing that to your firm, how did you get them to be engaged with it? And do they continuously come back to you and say, hey, what do I do here? How do I do that? How'd you get them motivated to help build their brand? You know, I think in any firm, there are going to be some attorneys who are going to buy into it and some aren't. And there's some lawyers who enjoy it and some don't. And I think each attorney needs to play to his or her strengths. And some folks are going to enjoy online marketing and some aren't. And I don't think it serves anybody's interests or purpose to get people who don't really want to do it to do it. Because so they're, they're not to do it begrudgingly. They're not to do it consistently. And eventually, they're not to do it at all. Right. Which but any fir- Yeah, at any firm, you have to find... You don't need everybody in the firm to be online. You don't need everybody in the firm engaged online. You just need a handful of people to sort of take the lead on it. And depending on the size of your firm, that could be just one or two attorneys or, you know, many more if you have a larger firm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, a firm doesn't feel like they have to have everybody on board and all hands on deck to engage online marketing. Sure. You've mentioned LinkedIn a couple times. So, you know, when you were you know, investigating this aspect of it, how do you get the most out of it? Or what advice can you give our listeners to, you know, step in the same, uh, step down the same path that you've stepped down with LinkedIn? Yeah, I was thinking that too, like what best practices have you learned? Do you see better engagement with posts or direct messaging? Mm -hmm. You know, is it more of a personalized message? What works for you guys and how'd you get there? Yeah, I think for LinkedIn, first, you have to decide what you want to post. Generally, you have to come up with one or two really big topics. And generally, they're related to your practice area. Let's say if you do bankruptcy, most of your posts should be in that area. If you do family law, they probably should be in that area. Do so you want to become a thought leader, an expert, or at least perceived as an expert in that area? Mm-hmm. And then once you have a topic in mind or two or three topics in mind, you want to get too many, then you come up with a way where you're consistently posting. You really want to post every day, ideally, if possible. And you want to kind to have all your posts be in the same topic or same area of topic. Um, So again, getting back to the bankruptcy example, if you're doing personal bankruptcies or business bankruptcies, then you consistently want to post about, you know, what the new regulation is, uh, what the new changes are, uh, you know, some do's and don'ts, some things, you know, maybe some documents companies should keep, some preservation issues, you know, and I I don't do personal bankruptcy, so I may be completely off on these suggestions, (laughs) but you kind of get the idea. And so remember you're in in LinkedIn, most people don't appreciate you're limited to 1300 characters. That's just a few sentences. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly you can post articles and you can post videos and so forth. But if you're doing consistent 1300 character posts, that doesn't take very long. You can take maybe an article you wrote or a presentation you did and break that up into 20 or 30 posts Mm -hmm. and kind of dribble that out over several weeks. And that will kind of keep you at the front of mind of people who are interested in that area. And eventually, if you continue posting and you're sharing your information, you're being very generous with what you're providing and sharing, you're going to build up a following. People are going to like you. They're going to share your post. They're going to comment on it. You're going to build your brand. You're going to build your following. And when people have a need in that area and they're thinking of somebody in your neck of the woods, they're naturally going to think of you because they've been watching you in their feed talk about that mm-hmm. subject for the last month, six months, or a year. Yeah. So do you get also, you know, talking about what you what you just brought up about people potentially needing your services in the future, have you built like a lot of uh, industry connections through LinkedIn too, just not necessarily future clients, but people that you could maybe partner with or that could recommend you to one of their clients who maybe needs your services or it has been primarily client focused? 
No, you're right. You can not only do you connect with in-house counsel and outside counsel, you connect with financial planners, mm-hmm. with claims professionals, with insurance professionals, with uh, people who are CEOs and CFOs, and maybe they may not have work for you, but they can refer you to someone who does. Um, again, you're kind of building sort of a, a virtual Rolodex of hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so you just never know when the next case or matter may come from and who may mm-hmm. refer you a matter and who's thinking of you when something comes across his or her desk. And so the larger the virtual Rolodex you have, any given person, you know, when they're asked, you know, like, oh, do you know anybody in South Florida, for example, that does litigation? So-and-so may say, oh, yeah, there's this Frank Ramos. I don't know him particularly well, but I've been following him for so long. You may want to consider him and suddenly I'm being considered for a matter that I wouldn't have otherwise been considered for because I'm mm-hmm. posting on a regular basis. That was a subtle plug, you know. Yeah, I, I You're considering that. Frank Ramos now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're obviously more in the corporate side. So we work with so many attorneys and so many firms, but on our end, you know, we have someone that actually manages our, our digital marketing and our strategy and the messaging. So how many people do you have at your firm, Frank? Just curious. There's about 10 of us. 10 of us. And we're all in Miami, yeah. Okay. So do you feel the need to say, hey, team, this is kind of what I want you to focus on when you're posting on LinkedIn, or here's some actual language you can use, or do you pretty much give them free will to do what they want to do and what they think supports the firm and your guys' initiatives? You know, we, we, we just kind of set general parameters. Obviously, we don't want anybody posting anything that's yeah. inappropriate. <laughs> Or out of bounds, uh, but that's pretty much it. You know, if people want to go on social media and develop a following and develop a love of expertise and become a thought leader in a different topic, that's perfectly fine. And I think most firms that have sort of these looser rules probably do better than the ones that are very strict mm-hmm. about you know pre-reading or pre-selecting every post. Mm-hmm. That's that'd be problematic, especially yeah. somebody who's trying to post on a regular basis and yeah. become kind of uh, an obstacle to do so. Yeah, and it's more natural. It's more conversational. I think it especially helps when you guys are the ones that are dealing directly with the clients. Any way that you can position yourself as being more of a human being and more approachable and relatable. So you're not using that like hard salesy message that that they can tell is canned. You're speaking more to them directly. And I think doing that, it allows everybody at your firm to use their own voice because I'm pretty sure you guys aren't just like 10 clones of Frank. You guys are probably a little different. Um, That would be really cool, I think, if there was just 10 Franks running around. But you guys probably have a little bit, you know, different personalities and stuff. Probably just a little. Yeah, just just a little. Yeah, absolutely. I think each person needs to find his or her own voice and pick a topic that they feel comfortable talking about from the vantage point that they can sound and come across as an expert and kind of of stick with it. And again, probably the first few weeks is kind of tough because someone who's not accustomed to posting on social media, you know, maybe writing longer articles or giving 45 to one hour long presentation, suddenly you're limited to two or three sentences. Right. You know, it takes a a change in your paradigm. But within, I would say, three weeks, you kind of develop the habit of thinking and writing that way. And certainly within a month or so, you know, it becomes second nature. So I want to see which uh, side you fall on this particular topic. We've had previous guests that allow their attorneys, individuals in their firm, post even personal things like mm. their favorite T-shirts or thing, yeah, things like that uh, to build more of a personal brand out there. So nothing to do with thought leadership, nothing to do with that, just you know, maybe hobbies they like, things like that. Then also the thought leadership items about the firm. Where do you fall on that? Is it okay to be 
that personal on LinkedIn and other areas, or would you rather it stay more professional? We've had people say both ways. Where, where do you fall on that? Yeah, I mean, I think on other platforms that's appropriate. On LinkedIn, I pretty much stick to business topics, but I'm also very active on Facebook, and my persona on Facebook is very different. It's mm-hmm. I'll do some business stuff, but I usually sh- I share a lot of memes on Facebook. <laughs> I have, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm are they legal the memes? Fi- some of them are legal. Some of them are just kind of ridiculous. But like, I'm tapped at the five thousand followers. Most of them are lawyers and claims professionals. And I get calls and emails and text messages from people who've been following me for a while because they enjoy kind of the silliness of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it oh, gives yeah. you like, you know, just like Instagram and maybe even Twitter, you have to kind of know what the platform is about and who's on the platform. Uh, LinkedIn, again, is a very professional platform. People who uh, go too far left or the right are kind of getting their hands slapped by people who comment on their posts. But if you do want to show a more personal side, I would recommend either on Instagram or Facebook, kind of developing a following of some of the same people, but just kind of showing another side of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot. It's showing yourself and being more client facing and kind of managing those client expectations and building those client relationships, I think is still an area that so many people overlook. And even if you're not good at it, that's an easy, simple step. You know, maybe use Facebook. If you're on Facebook versus LinkedIn um, or both, use Facebook as something a little bit more fun, personal, show who you are. So even mm-hmm. if, you know, your clients in your office and you're not good at necessarily resonating with them yet, you're still taking steps to get there, show some of who you are on Facebook. So, you know, when your potential clients are seeing that, they're like, okay, I know I'm going in, I'm working with Frank and it's a pretty serious issue that we're working on. But I see that, you know, I see he has a family. I see he likes dogs. He likes to share memes. He's a fun, real person. And I think that that still helps too. It makes your clients feel a little bit more at ease. I like how you just threw in that he likes dogs. He, he didn't. He didn't mention that to us. So we need to put a disclaimer there. Frank, Actually, do you I do like, like dogs? dogs. Oh, okay. She you, knew you. She knew you. <laughs> what? Do you have any dogs? We have two dogs, both rescues. And actually, we're trying oh. to get one of the older one. Well, the younger one, who's a newer dog trained, he's a little aggressive. He's <laughs> kind of a stray in the streets. Oh. And, um, but yeah, they're adorable. One's a Chihuahua Terrier mix. And the other one, I'm not really sure what the other one is. We oh. had his DNA checked and he has, comes out with like 20 different That's types so of fun. breeds. But, um, what are but yeah, they're, no. they're wonderful. Let's talk uh, about well, the dogs. I'll, well, the one we inherited from a neighbor who wasn't taking care of it. Her, her name is Laika. She's a nine-year-old uh, terrier uh, chihuahua. And the other one, his name is Luke. My uh, my wife named him. Uh, he wanted to name him Luke Laura. So it was Luke Laika, I guess. Kind of oh. came at close, General Hospital. Uh, and he's like one and a half years old. And he's awesome. uh, he's a handful. Wow. <laughs> but he's great. He's great. He was also are. stray. We just kind of found him and we couldn't find him a home. He wasn't chipped. So oh. we brought him home. Yeah, you don't know what he's been through. That is awesome. I love to hear that. All right. On that note. So, Frank, I think you gave us some really awesome points today. I'm curious, though, too, if you were to advise our listeners, maybe, you know, other firms that are listening who maybe haven't taken the leap yet. I think we, for the most part, a lot of firms have made pretty big strides, you know, after the pandemic, especially when it comes to digital and online marketing and just their operations in general. But if you could give a few points and say, hey, if you haven't taken that leap and you need to expand your marketing online, Like, what are some easy, simple steps that you can do right now to get yourself there? 
Sure. Just pick one platform. I'd recommend LinkedIn. Pick one topic you're comfortable with that you can write on just off the cuff Mm -hmm. and on a regular basis. Uh, Commit to 10 to 15 minutes a day initially on the platform where you're sharing a 1300 word comment or post or whatever it is. You can share articles as well, but you don't have to do that. Um, And then just commit to it. And you'll find that after three to four weeks, it becomes second nature. And you'll find a lot of your existing clients, your existing referral sources will find you and follow you. And what's so important is that people who know you, you need to stay in touch with them because, you know, know, we all kind of go through maybe our old contact list. We're like, oh, I haven't talked to this person forever. And that person's already moved past you. They've moved beyond you and they're referring cases to somebody else. And I think what LinkedIn does and and other platforms as well, just not limited to LinkedIn, is that if you have those contacts and you're in their feeds, you're going to stay front of mind. And that's really a key. It's not only that they know, like, and, and trust you, but they're thinking of you at the moment a case comes across their desk. And mm-hmm. so um, in order to get a case, there's a, lot of movement, there's a lot of moving parts and everything kind of has to fall into place. And I think social media is one of those important steps to make sure that happens. Yeah, and you actually said something, and I'm glad you said it because it's a good reminder. You're doing all this hard work. So if you you know a potential client or a potential partner is actually engaging with you, make sure you engage back and just don't leave them hanging. If a potential client asks you a question, make sure you address it. (laughs) Right, right. Absolutely. It's not just hard work for nothing. It's also replying. Yes, yes. Make that clear. Um, all right, Frank, it was awesome having you on today. We really appreciate it. Um, hopefully you'll come back and chat with us again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Lex Factor, and we'll talk to you next time. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.